0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab tire
1: centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Fire up for pro football.
0: That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm. No, 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 no. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't care. We play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, hello there. It is one hell of a day today. Welcome back, first off. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, It is one hell of a day today. Today is so bittersweet, but it's so fun. And there's so much going on for everybody today. It, It... it's basically a national holiday it's just on a sunday so nobody well i shouldn't say nobody we're working today but generally everybody's off having a good time having some drinks seeing some friends and family going to a party watching a great game it's it's a great day but it's a sad day
1: it is it is a somber day it is so you really hope for an awesome game just to be a nice little you know cap off to the season which has been a really good man season a lot of new stars emerging you know all over the place you know a lot of teams and guys that you wrote off you know gave everybody the big you know middle finger and and did their thing this year so i'm hoping this game is awesome because this season has been you know relatively relatively entertaining to me
0: it's been yeah it's been a very good season lots of interesting storylines you've got a couple of classic teams that had made it in the last round a couple of young and up and coming teams and really really exciting regular season games generally the the Sundays were pretty exciting there were a couple of weeks that were duds I thought but yeah it was a good it was a good football season all around and it's just one of those days where I think in the past I've taken it for granted and it's like oh it's Super Bowl Sunday I get to have some food I get to see some people I get to watch a game I get to see funny commercials hopefully it's it's great and then it's done and I'm like oh it's done
1: yeah oh yeah.
0: So I feel like every year I go in with this renewed effort to try to appreciate every second of the day, because I know it's going to end and it's going to be over, but I'm probably going to fail again. Cause the second I get to the party and it's like, ah, I'm just, just going to have a pig in a blanket right now. And then all of a sudden I missed two plays cause I got up during the game and then i missed some commercials and it's like, well, now I'm not paying
1: attention. <laughs> no. Yeah. At, at a point, you know, I, I try to stay glued to the to the TV when it comes to Super Bowl because I don't want to miss any of this stuff and then be the one on the outside tomorrow talking about, oh, man, did you not see the commercial with Pat Summerall? It's like, oh, no, I totally missed that one and you know, everything. So
0: so how do you are, – are you a – so you said you, you're glued to it. How do you watch the Super Bowl? What is Rashad's go-to method? And this is with the thought in mind that his team has been in the Super Bowl eight times.
1: Yes. In the last, what, 15 years. Yes. Um – well, first off, I, I try not to kick it with a I mean, when you're a Patriots fan, everyone hates you. That's just kind of one of those things. Everybody hates your team. You guys suck. You guys are cheaters. Like so it's just kind of one of those things. So when you're when you're around that it, it gets kind of irritating, so you don't do anything else but like, you know, go mamba mode and just zone zone in on the TV and then celebrate incredibly loud. When your team does something something great, so uh, man, so I make sure right as the game starts, I have my nice little snacks and party favors and everything right in front of me because I'm kind of you don't want to get I don't really know the, for the first for the first little bit like I don't I don't want to miss much, you know. And the Super Bowl is one of those things like you said, you miss a play or two and it might have been important, so I don't want to say I'm I and you feel uh, bad, yeah. yeah, just a little bit. So, but no, it should be it it, it should be fun. But I I kind of do that with every Super Bowl, not just you know. My team, like I did that with the Denver, Seattle Super Bowl. I can't stand either team, but it was still a really good game. And I was just kind of, or at least for Denver or, or Seattle, it was a really good game. But it wasn't the most awesome for you guys? But thanks, okay. thanks, but, thanks but for the But reminder. you totally, you totally redeemed yourself. We did totally so redeem it's ourselves. Okay, you know but
0: I mean? I, I'd really not like to be re- really not like to be reminded about that over the head snap of Peyton Manning on the first play that led it's, to the and most disgusting display of football there are certain
1: things on the first drive for teams in the super bowl when you're like okay this game might be over already like that play for Peyton Manning the ball going over his head in the first play was like okay this is going to be a long and it was long afternoon it was uh for
0: me on the super bowl I kind of have a confession to make and it's one that I only realized this year I don't ever really pay that close of attention to the game there's so much going on there's people around That's they're that talking. There's food. There's the commercials. You know, you're you're at a party. Mm-hmm. And I try to watch the game, and I do watch the game. I'm not just, like, ignoring it completely. But I, I was thinking about it this week, and I realized that there's not a lot of Super Bowls that I truly remember. There's not a lot of Super Bowls where I can recall exactly who played what score and the plays that happened, right? There's moments, of course, that are great uh the the first one i remember was the um the first memory i have of the super bowl is the uh the rams titans
1: oh the reaching for the dice reaching line.
0: for the goal line that's the first memory i have of a, of a super bowl truly um obviously i watched the ones before i became a broncos fan because of the 97 and 98 super bowl but i don't have these distinct memories of it because i was young uh, i remember the venetary kick against the panthers uh and the rams to mm-hmm. both of them right um I remember the David Tyree catch, of course, and the Mario Manningham catch. I remember the Broncos winning their last Super Bowl. I remember the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl against Denver. I mean, there's memories, but there's not... Like, with the World Series in baseball, I feel like I've got, like, a photograph. I know, like, what happened. I know who played. I can go backwards and tell you every single series and what happened. And it's not the same for me in the Super Bowl. And I'm not exactly proud of that. No, I'm, a yeah, huge, I'm a huge NFL fan, and I I feel like I, I owe... The sport more than that.
1: Yeah, the Super Bowl is one of those things we don't but really. That's hard unless it's like a blowout or unless something miraculous happens, like the um tw- coming back from twenty-eight-three. You know what I mean? Something like that happens, you remember those things. But for the most part, like I don't, I can I don't, I don't think I can tell you any score to any one of the Patriots wins for the Super Bowl or anything like that. I can tell you that it was a close game. I can tell you if it was a blowout. You know, that's most of really, them were close games. Most of them were close games. I think all of them were, you know, within three points or within Except six points, you know. Oh, uh, well, the Philadelphia uh, Super Bowl, you know, Donovan McNabb had, had to drive downfield. and I think if he'd have scored, they'd have won, you know. So that's, they've been all relatively close. That's all I could really tell you. I could tell you, again, like you said, certain plays, certain moments. Uh, for me, the ones that stick out the most are the, the, not necessarily the great moments. I think about the terrible ones. The the, the David Tyree catch, uh, the Mario Manningham uh sideline catch you know those things just like the fact that the ball went right through Wes Welker's hands I'd like those- to I'd like
0: to remind you that on the David Tyree catch Eli Manning broke not one not two and not three but four sacks. four
1: sacks bro and then I saw heave- the highlight
0: recently and I'm like how did they not get slow Eli Manning down
1: and they and then he just heaved it in the air and then the dude who wasn't even in the league the next year uh he went to Syracuse that's why he made the catch uh, and that's why he's out of the, out of the league because he went to Syria. <laughs> no, but he wasn't in the league the next year and he caught the ball on his helmet and just made the most miraculous play. And then they didn't cover Plaxico. Bur- uh, you know, those are the things that I remember again, I couldn't tell you the score of that game to be real at this point, but I can tell you how it went down and how it ended and all those things.
0: Why do you think, I mean, maybe Jesse, you're different in this, in this sense, but maybe people who are way die, way more diehard football fans are like I am with the world series. And you can just go back and keep, reciting off all those things or maybe you watched all of the super bowl films on nfl network when they did a marathon or something but i mean is it because in itself a football game takes a long time and there's a lot of time to get distracted or is it just because this day is is so distracting unless you sit in front of the tv by yourself which i know some people do uh i think sprague said that's what he does he he's a by himself super bowl watcher and if you do that, I'm sure you remember almost everything about all the games because you literally are focusing the entire time. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know it can be difficult, especially when you watch the Super Bowl with friends and people that like the sport, and then sometimes people who don't like the sport and they're just there for the commercials and stuff like that. So you end up explaining a lot of stuff about the game. And why that's kind of I kind of find that fun too. It's
0: like you're it introducing can, the sport to someone who kind of cares. It can moment. be
1: fun, but depending on who you talk to, you might have to go. Really, really A, B, C, D with them, you know what I'm saying? And so that can be difficult and try and explain what's the yellow flag for and what's the, like, oh, my gosh, be quiet. Like, go sit over there or something. Like, those, that at a point, those get kind of annoying. But, you know, I try my best just to focus in on the game. The key is finding a great spot to sit. True. That's number one. Like, if you're going to go to any Super Bowl party, like, your seat is really – that that's going to determine your your enjoyment of that game. Like if you have a crappy seat or more than that you have to stand for most of the game, you're probably not paying much attention. You're up drinking, you're up eating, you're up doing stuff besides just standing in one spot watching the game.
0: This text says I'm the same as Rashad as an uber intense sports fan. I have to watch all Boston sports solo as far as the Pats Super Bowl is concerned, the last time I was with other humans, the Pats perfect season ended. After that I swore off human contact. That's from Keith. <laughs>
1: Hey man, I was I was right there. Hey, whatever superstitions you That was a dark day at work. In. That was a dark day at work the next day. Walking, everybody in, just like and everybody's New like New huh. York Giants, <laughs> good, good game, <laughs> nice game, almost headed, huh? And so, uh, but it was it was great walking and work after the Atlanta game. You no, know, it was terrible. It was it was it was pretty bad. But uh, the good thing is tomorrow, you know, our our students uh, or our school has teachers planning day. Oh. So I don't think I have to go in. Was that
0: strategically planned? It was, honestly, it was not.
1: It honestly, it was honestly, well, they just finished up finals this Friday. So uh, Monday is going to be their day to input grades and whatnot. So it looks like I don't have to go. So I think I might have just gotten the first time ever. I don't have to go to work after the Super Bowl. So
0: win or lose. Well, someone's got a free card to get as oh, messed man. up as you want.
1: Absolutely, man. So, yeah, bring on the Baileys.
0: <laughs> well, we got a lot of stuff to get to you, obviously, today. <laughs> There's a ton of Super Bowl stuff we've got to talk about. We're essentially a pregame show for the Super Bowl, and that's kind of how I want to treat it. We will have our hater love it at uh, 1030 today. Uh, I figure we'll skip West Coast bias because every segment's going to be West Coast bias because we're talking about a game with the Rams. Um, but I do, before we dive into the Super Bowl, there's really only one thought that I want to kind of, because I wasn't here last week, that I want to talk about the NFC and AFC title games real quick. Uh, so that's coming up next. Feel free to text us better you today. Text line five, five, three, zero, five. We'll read them on the air and uh, respond to you through the text line as well. If we don't get to them on the air, follow us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade made five Oh three. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond. A S Z M A N station is at 1080. The fan and we podcast the show Les Schwab tires podcast at the end of the show every single week coming up next. Saints fans get over it. This mm. is football Sunday on 1080. The fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the fan. 916 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you until 11 o'clock today. Super Bowl 330 today between the paths and the Rams. And before we dive into all of the Super Bowl goodness that is to come today, I do have one thought I wasn't here last week and this same thing has continued into this week. And I just I got to I got to talk about it. It's frustrating me and it's the fact that Saints fans will not shut up about the blown call or the blown no call. Right? I very much understand it was one of the worst no calls we've seen in a long time in the NFL. I mean, watching the game, it was clear as day that he got there well before the ball. And even even in fast speed, which is what the refs see the game, it was clear. And there was a, there was a side judge right there in front of the play when it happened. It was a terrible call. If they call that, the Saints probably win the game. But oh my God, New Orleans fans, are you the first team that's ever been screwed by the refs before? Have you, have you never seen any other sport in the history of the earth that has had refs or umps screw over a team who has a chance to get to the Super Bowl, the World Series or the NBA Finals or whatever it is? It sucks, but it's part of the game. And oh yeah, you also blew a lead and you also threw the ball on first down, which stopped the clock. And you also let the Rams back into the game. It was a folly of errors for the Saints, letting the Rams get back into that game. So, yes, the blown call sucked. Yes, if it had been called, you probably win that game. But the fact that it's been two weeks and you're boycotting the NFL because of it, what you,
1: it's a ref. This happens in sports. Get over it. Yeah, oh, my uh, God. Uh, you know, so... There was a time, and I think Jesse, Jesse and I talked about this last week as well. You know, it, it was hard not to, you know, talk about it. But, you know, Jesse kind of felt the same. He was like, "Man, you guys kind of gotta, you know, get over it, low key." And I, I and I feel that, and I'm not mad at people who say that, but this is different in the sense that, man, yes, they came back, but let's not act like this is the Bills that came back on this team. Like this is the highest scoring team, or the what second highest scoring team in the league. Was the Rams? Yeah, uh, might
0: have been highest.
1: Yeah, so yeah. The highest, second highest scoring team in the league. Some of the the most offensive, you know, firepower that you can possibly find on any team. Yes, they were going to come back because they are a good team, and because the Saints' defense is just okay this year. They're not the same defense they were even last year, but they're they're still a very good defense. So you saw a team that was able to mount a comeback. I'm not saying we kind of saw that happening, but at a point you knew that. The right. Rams would pick it, it was, up and make, and make some play. So it's I'm not so about the
0: Saints' defense. It's more offensively. The Saints had drive after drive stall in the red zone. No, and that idiotic play call to throw the ball to Michael Thomas, the slant.
1: No, it was a terrible. I mean, it was a terrible. Mind on. you, there was there was bad calls for both teams in there. And and really, when you if, if Sean McVay had lost, you'd have pointed at all the bad calls. The and that missed face made. mask, exactly. The they'd, they'd the passer and all all those yeah. things. But because they won, we're not really talking about those things. And now because the Saints lost. That's what we're focused on, but the truth is, we can say whatever we want to. Man, that game is over if that play, if that pass interference is called. Like we, we know that. And because mind you, if he doesn't uh, uh, interfere with the pass, man, he's gonna walk into the end zone at that point. At a point, the defender didn't have much of a, much of a choice. Like he had to do something because if you just let him go and you don't put any hands on him, then he just walks in for. a – an easy six points.
2: If he turns around, he gets an interception on that play. That, right. that, that's was, also the way to look at it. It was it, a pick you, six if he looked at the ball.
1: Yeah. So all
2: you had to do is look at the ball and it's it, it it's a pick. So you can also look at it that way. The, the fact of the matter is they lost this ball because Sean Payton tried to get cute and he tried to pass the ball when he should have just ran the ball and run the clock. That's it. You run the clock like a smart coach. You don't try to get cute. You win the game. Pure and simple. Despite that call, you win. You you had plenty of opportunities to win that game after that call. That call is not the end all be all of this play. It has no business going to court because oh yeah, the, well, this oh, was by ridiculous. no means like, the end all be all of that play. Yes, go ahead and be pissed off. Get over it after a no, day or that two. That part going to Get court over it taking it yeah, the to
1: Supreme Court. You know am saying? Especially during a government shutdown. I know that's the, a that's a that's a that's excessive. The fact that the fact that there's people writing open
0: letters about this. I mean they're acting as if they're the first team that's ever experienced this, right? That's how it feels. And I'm watching this and I'm on social media and I'm looking at responses. And it's like, Hey, what's your super bowl prediction today? Oh, saints 35, Pat's 31. You're still, you're still commenting on it. I saw one yesterday that said, uh, or it was a, it was a post saying what might be the Thursday night football game to open the year next year. They were saying it'd be Packers Rams because of the hundredth year of the NFL, which is pretty cool. Classic teams playing each other. And the guy goes, That's neat. Still not watching any game that doesn't have the Saints in it. And it's like, I'm sorry. So we're two weeks after the fact. You're now boycotting the NFL for one official's missed call. One official's missed call. You're writing newspaper ads about it.
1: What? Get over Uh, it. I mean, this is sports. This is what happened. You cost the city. I mean, no matter how we want to look at it, they cost Uh, A city who, man, really. Sean Payton cost
2: that city a trip to the Super Bowl. Not the rest. Sean Payton. Payton. Just just like Kyle Shanahan cost the Atlanta Falcons a a Super Bowl victory because all he had to do was run the dang ball and kick the field goal. And guess what? Atlanta's got a Super Bowl. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run it. Russell or uh, Pete Carroll cost the Seahawks a Super
0: Bowl. Run the ball. (laughs) We're going to just run the ball. Don't even pass it today, Sean McVay. Just run the ball. But
1: I mean, for that one for the Seahawks, I'm not even gonna say that was getting cute. That's a play they run quite. That was, that's a play they ran quite often. Rashad, that was in the red zone. Oh. No, that's a play that they run a whole cute. bunch. Which is why, which He's is why Marshawn Brandon Lynch, which Marshawn is why Lynch Brandon is Browner, cute. which is why Brandon Browner said, "Oh, they're running this play. I know this play well." Pushed uh push the. Uh, Uh, Malcolm Butler, pushed the microphone or push Malcolm Butler (laughs) straight into the interception because they knew that was coming because that's a play that Seattle runs quite often. So it wasn't getting cute. That was what they do. It just didn't work that time.
2: You you got Marshawn Lynch first and goal on the one. You you run the ball. You run the ball on the end zone. You just do that. You just run it over. You just do it. it. I agree. I I mean,
1: I'm not going to disagree with that, but at the same time, this – It'd be different if that was a play they've never ran. They decided to do it's, some It's situational in the Super football.
2: Bowl. It's situational football. In that situation,
1: they run that play, and that's no, all. If, I'm if it's
2: third and one, and you've been stuffed on, from the one uh, on both first and second down, then you run that, that says, play.
0: Let's leave the Seahawks out of this. No, you're included in this. Team. Yeah,
2: no, th- this this whole take
1: involves all the people that should have ran the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I can't. You know, like I said, disagree with that. But in the case of New Orleans, like I, I totally understand where fans. Uh, would be coming from, is it kind of excessive? Yes, it's, it's been a couple weeks at this point. Like, And this is this is coming from Blazer fan. This is coming from Tim Donahue refereeing game 7-2000. Like, man, what do you mean? So you can't tell us that we don't know heartbreak here because that was the Blazers' year. Look, I, I understand being frustrated. I'm kind of more in,
0: in between both you guys. It was a combination of that call and bad play calling by Sean Payton that cost us into the game. Because, yes, if they call that pass interference, the game is over. The Saints will win, almost guaranteed.
1: And and I think that and that's why people were mad. I
0: understand and I understand it, right? I understand why people were mad initially. But and this text says sports sports hate is forever. I mean, in some senses, sure, if it's a rivalry, uh, if there was a fight, but this is, I guess, the reason why I'm so flummoxed by the reaction to this for how long it is at least, is because this is this is a part of sports. Referees are a part of sports. Yeah, they are human. They mess things up, uh, it as clear as day or not. They mess things up. I always go back to this one because, my God, was it obvious? The Jim Joyce, on the um, perfect game that he blew, first base umpire.
1: Yeah. And oh my God, to go I'm gonna
0: forget who it was. It was like Gallaraga or something. I can't remember the pitcher's name. Apologies. And he apologized to. Uh,
1: he he apologized was crying after later. the yeah, game. After the game,
0: um, it was clearly out at first. He called him safe, got rid of his perfect game, and. It, it sucks, right? Everyone was up in arms for a day about that.
1: It sucks. But that didn't happen in the World Series. No, that no, wasn't to I know. Game, you know but so.
0: It's just something that pops to mind because it was so egregious, a la the, the non-call from the Saints-Rams game. But this is what happens in sports. And frankly, I think this is a good thing in sports. Like Everyone who's, who's going after, oh, let's get robot refs and robot umps and all that kind of stuff, I think you would lose so much of the fun of it like, I think I understand if you're a Saints fan, it wasn't fun. But if if you look at take your Saints fandom away, if you are a New Orleans fan listening right now and look at it from the neutral perspective, it adds storylines. It makes it interesting. It makes it more interesting than than if this, the, the Saints just ran the ball and won the game. Uh, it's just it adds layers to the sport. It adds conversation topics with friends. It makes it it just makes it. A, a deeper experience.
1: Sports is an is an imperfect science, you know, with imperfect players, coaches, referees. Nobody that's doing anything does everything perfectly. The best player in basketball misses shots and gets turnovers, you know, quite often. So, like these things are going to happen. And I, I like I said, well, I understand what where, where the Saints are coming from. Like, the, you have right to be mad. I understand you, you might be taking it too far. Like, I mean. We Going we went through a government shutdown. Like nobody's gonna have time to listen to you at the Supreme Court about your missed call to go to the Super Bowl. To no, no one cares about that. Like,
0: uh, I mean, a couple of texts on this. Are you guys sure you'd be quote unquote over it if Harden won Game Seven against Portland with a no travel call, eight step lay-in?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd I like James it. Harden,
1: so I mean, probably.
0: I think initially you'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they didn't call that," and then you realize, "Oh, it's the NBA, and they never call that."
2: You get a two-day grace period to be pissed, get it off your mind. You're doing it two weeks later. You're you you just you need to grow up at that point. The other text here says,
0: my take is why aren't they blaming Drew Brees? He's the one that threw the pick that actually lost in the game in overtime. Thank you. That yeah. is true. Yeah, there's they another did, opportunity. They got the ball first. They had a chance to win the game anyway, and, that's and what, that was a bad pick too. You know, and, and I mean, it got tipped, but it was it was not a smart throw.
1: And I think that that's another reason people. I know we have to break, but I know that's another reason people are kind of pissed is because this isn't Drew Brees from five years ago and this was kind of maybe Drew Brees last window to be able to get to the Super Bowl like how many years since we've been doing this show have we been saying this is the year the Saints are going to go this is the year the Saints are going to go I'm thinking an NFC I mean they did this win yeah. they did but that was like 10 years ago you know what I'm saying so that was a, that was quite a while ago right, but so. it's not like
0: it's not like this is a a team that hadn't been to the Super Bowl in forever it's not like this is a quarterback and coach combo that hadn't won a Super Bowl. I, I could, hell, if that was the case, I would understand it lasting a week, not just a couple of days, right? Imagine it was, I don't know, the Bengals, right? A team that's never made it this far, and finally they get a chance and they get it taken away from them because of that no call. Then, yeah, okay, I could. it's a little bit different, but it's not like the Saints are all of a sudden going to suck, it's not like they're not going to be back again. They're they're a good team. They're a well-run team. They've got a I'm, great coach. I mean, I don't know when Breeze is going to retire, but he's still got a couple years left.
1: And I think that's the question. Like, will they be back? You know, and yeah. I because mean, you look at the fact that Drew Breeze is getting older and we don't know who his successor is going to be yet. You look at the fact that the Rams are, uh, looks like they're the class of the NFC. The Seahawks still have Russell Wilson. And even with no receivers, no tight end, and, and just an, an improving offensive line, he's still making noise. And you, you got all these great teams, the NFC, the Bears, and that defense and what they're able to do. Aaron Rodgers and and right. the Packers. And so I'm just like, I'm, but are I'm they going to be
0: back? What I'm saying is Drew Brees isn't retiring tomorrow, right? It wasn't like, this is my swan song here, and Sean Payton's coming with me, and now New Orleans is going to suck for 15 years. That's not the case yet. So I guess if, if it was that, I'm just saying, if it was that, I would understand it more. But you want a Super Bowl with these two guys, you know, it's, I understand you've had a couple of bad playoff losses in a row. I mean, don't forget last year, they lost on the the missed, the tackle, missed tackle by the rookie on the mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs catch, but it's just, this is, this is sports, right? It's as, as Jimbo Fisher would say, this is football, man, it happens. Okay. You're you, no, you're not boycotting the NFL next year. You're going to have eight months to get over it. And then it's going to start up again. You're going to be super excited. And you're going to watch that first Thursday game or you're going to boycott one game and go, well, that sucks. Now I can't talk about that game with my friends and you're going to watch it. So just that, that's it. I just wanted to get off my chest. Cause I've been for two weeks. I've been looking at this and going, I can't believe this is still happening. No. So anyway, that's the, the last thing we'll discuss from the NFC and AFC title games coming up next. Let's dive into the super bowl. I would like to start with your new England Patriots. That is next. Your first Jesse S sports center. <laughs> Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.35 here on your Football Sunday. The final Football Sunday of the football season. We'll be switching back to Sports Sunday next week.
1: Right at the All-Star. You know, like the All-Star game will be the week after.
0: Yeah, it'll be. We haven't had a chance to talk Blazers at all this season. It's been an interesting season. The trade deadline's coming up in four days, so we'll get to see if the Blazers do anything. I guess we could talk about that. See hmm. what happens. I think
1: we know they won't
0: though. Well, I know, but you can still hope and pray and <laughs> pretend like nothing bad is happening. And that Neil O'Shea knows what he's doing. You can, you can still hope that that's, that's, that's the thing you can do. So we'll talk about that next week. Obviously we'll also recap the Super Bowl cause that'll be a thing that, that just happened and uh, other plenty of other stuff to get to in, in the general sports world. And it also kind of lets us open up a little bit and get a little bit more fun and goofy topics going on as well. So, that 'll be starting up next week as we uh, st- same time slot 9 to 11 on Sundays just switching up to sports Sunday and uh, and yeah so the last football Sunday of the year. Let's start with the New England Patriots and I guess I want to start with this and I'm curious how Jesse feels about this. I know Rashad you're as a fan it's a little bit different but feel free to text your thoughts better you today text line at five five three zero five for the first time, I wasn't upset the Patriots won in the AFC title game. I'm not rooting for the Patriots. I, I'm pulling for the Rams. I like the Rams a lot. I think they're fun to watch. I like Sean McVay a lot. But for the first time, I'm sitting here going, I understand that I'm witnessing greatness. I understand that I'm watching arguably the greatest team of all time. And you could still argue that. There's there's plenty of great teams in the history of this sport. Um, but I understand it now. And part of me is learning to appreciate it. I think some of it is because as a Broncos fan, there was a deep rivalry between the, the Broncos and the Patriots for mm-hmm. many years. Regular season and playoffs, both. They played multiple times every year. They, that's not been the case for a while. Uh, the Broncos have faded a little bit the last couple of years. And also, I think I'm realizing that we are almost over. With The, the Pats are almost done. Tom Brady might want to play until he's 46, whatever. But I think we're we're seeing we're getting towards the end mm-hmm. and i think part of me even though it, it was subconsciously at first wants to appreciate the fact that i lived through the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in the nfl in a sport that shouldn't allow this to be possible and, and tries not to allow this to be possible and yet here we are every year talking about the pats in the afc game or the super bowl so i I'm curious if other non-Pats fans, and if you, hell if Rashad, if you if you've heard this from non-Pats fans more, feel that way, or if it's just me on an island. Because I know people hate the Patriots, but it's just different to me this year for some reason.
2: I can enjoy greatness. Um, the 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 thing that gets in front of the greatness for me is is, is little things like LeBron. I have a hard time getting on um, on enjoying watching lebron and and everything that he does because everywhere he goes i feel like he's a cancer like in some way he he's a cancer in some way shape or form for the la lakers right now you, you know um it, it, he he's gotten coaches fired he gets he gets players traded Just, it, he he's a big baby that wants to get his way And and every time i think lebron's starting to get it he does something that makes me think no he doesn't get it Brady's kind of the same way. Patriots kind of the same way. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm witnessing greatness. I think this is awesome. And then you hear this. We're excited. I hope you guys are excited. And as Des said, let's let them hear it all the way down to
1: Atlanta. We're still here. We're still here. We're really? Still really? Here. Grow up! Like this pumping here. in his head right now. Still that, that, that,
2: right there. It's just I'm like just cold cuts, baby. Come on, bro. You've been there how many times? Like, grow up. But like, I, mean, I am not on your back now. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, no, Rams better get you because
1: you just don't seem to get it, bro. Well, in, in the in the in the case of that man, they're not going to the AFC Championship game and doing that. Like, this is the Super Bowl. Like, yes, a team that and everybody here, including me. Sat here and said, "Man, the Patriots. This is not a good team. This is not the same team. And yet, and still, they beat Kansas City twice. Yet, still, they still won or got second in their in the uh, in the conference. Got a, a or got home field at least until the championship game. Like they still did everything. Gronkowski didn't play most of the season. The uh, no receivers. Lose Josh Gordon. Yet, and still." They're he, still here. That's like,
2: the story of the Patriots every year, though. There's nothing here that's surprising, okay? There's nothing here that's surprising. And the, and the fact of the matter is is that you have no business saying we're still here, we're the underdog, anything like that. Because do, you know what? No, Whether people thought that or, or not, everybody knows it's the Patriots ran by Bill Belichick. And as long as you have Bill Belichick, a good defense, and Tom Brady there, there's always a chance to make the Super now, Bowl because he's been to nine Super Bowls at this point. Now, the, to Jesse's
0: point... The whole we're underdogs thing kind of frustrated me a little bit because it's like, no, you're not. You're the Patriots. Like, shut up. But I will say I also enjoyed the he and Gronk little selfie video with uh, we ain't going nowhere, the bad Boy song in the background. I thought even though that was super douchey, I kind of laughed at that. I was like, <laughs> that's cool. Listen, awesome. I, so I, to me, it's like, yes, some of those things are still true. But for some reason, it's not impacting me the same way. I don't have this visceral reaction to it. Hell, it could just be that I'm getting older, right? I'm getting, I'm, I'm growing older. And it's just for me personally, it's it's something that I care less about in terms of feeling that way. But I I am looking past those things and going, like, I don't want them to win. And I, I don't think I'll ever root for the Patriots. I man don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I just don't, if they do win, I won't be annoyed. I'll just be like, Cool. So,
1: so this time week or week 8, were either of you saying the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl? It, that week, doesn't matter. Week, 12, week eight, dude. Week fourteen. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying, that the reason I think they're taking this underdog, you know, and I've used the quote thing is that because we all know it's not true, but at the same time, you're looking at a team that says they're currently Brady, favorites
0: in Vegas, by the way. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you <laughs> yeah, look at it, you know, look exactly. at a team that everybody Your said favorites. Brady's
1: old. You know, you got to figure it out. You shouldn't have let go of Garoppolo, and they still make it. I, Man, I, uh, there's no uh, what uh, Edelman missed what four games because of because uh, of something because a PED suspension. So Still what? there. You lose the Josh Gordon who became your deep threat all of a sudden. Gronkowski missed most of the season. You lose your left tackle the First game of the season.
2: Gronkowski's always gone. You never have your left tackle because you always let your left tackle walk. Edelman uh, Edelman wasn't there like all last season. Um, I, I mean, it, you never have an outside deep threat. When you do, you basically, it, it's kind of more just, it's just kind of there. Like like Cooks was not special in New England. You, you the, These are things that don't affect the Patriots and what they do. Okay, It doesn't affect what they do. The The Patriots have made it to nine Super Bowls. There's nothing like surprising about them making it this year, especially when you consider they're playing in the AFC and everybody all year long. AFC is how much weaker than the NFC? It's so much weaker than the it NFC. Is, a lot than is it oh, really yeah, that surprising that they amazing. made it to the Super Bowl in the AFC when the, really the only team you had to get by is the Kansas City Chiefs, which Kansas City, kind of a – half-ass defense and known for blowing it in the playoffs exactly like <laughs> I andy Reid's literally never beat bill belichick in the playoffs never ever so i can
0: i can sense that jesse although he is appreciating greatness is not to the same level that i am at no i uh, could tell i could tell from the passion there some of the texts um actually getting some some pro patriots text but rj one of our p ones is in f the patriots hope they get shut out he said, RJ, quote, bare <laughs> in parentheses, old. <laughs> so he's older and doesn't hate the Patriots any less, but he also says that the Yankees every time he gets a chance. So uh, I get it. I understand. Um, Help. Uh, this this could be a stretch, but maybe it's because I'm a Yankees fan and I, I root for a team that has also experienced a lot of winning. So maybe that's that's made it easier for me to stop hating the Patriots or feel differently. I don't know. That could just be, taking a shovel and burying myself because i'm talking about how my team wins championships but uh they do (laughs) and
1: you feel good about that right cocky
0: sniff yeah but uh but yeah it's 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 just different to me this year and i was curious how other people felt
1: i don't know like for for me obviously being a pats fan uh seeing brady really mature over the past you know 18 17 18 years uh, it's it's really that's i don't know if it's It's undisputable for me at this point, like, who the best is. Even people that hate the Pats, and I'm sure Jesse will still admit to it that Brady is the guy. Like, he's the GOAT. It's Brady, Montana, then everybody else. And that includes Peyton Manning. Like, Peyton Manning has all the, or at least until Drew Brees starts taking all of them, has all the passing records. Every quarterback record that you could want, Peyton Manning has. Or he and Drew Brees, at least, you know, are one and two in that respect. Brady has every winning record that you could want. Super Bowl playoffs regular season the, Yeah, there's the, some crazy the stats only quarterback that's 100 like 20 games over 500 in the history of the game like so he has all those those winning kind of intangibles and stuff like that but you know you you got to wonder at times what happens if a Peyton Manning gets a Bill Belichick for 15 no, years? oh no you know, that what, that's what happens my, yeah. if a Drew Brees you know ends up with a you know a Bill Walsh for you know for Seven years of his career, you know, and that's the thing. Like, Aaron Rodgers, what Aaron,
2: happens if he gets somebody other than Mike McCarthy? You know,
1: and so you, like, you got to think because I, I think of all those guys, you know, Brady is probably the, I mean, I, I think Brady is one of the least talented, you know, as far as what he can do. Now, Drew Brees is smaller, but he has a cannon and he's super accurate. You know, Peyton Manning had it between the ears and he was just super smart and could make, you know, not make every throw, but he could throw his receivers, you know, real open, and whatnot. Like, Brady is just of a, a Visceral, cerebral—you know—do like he's a, a creature of habit, you know. And and so it's, I don't drink beer but, during the season. I don't. Do, those are that's the reason he's still forty-five or almost about to be forty-two, this week or next week or something like that, and still playing, you know, for Super Bowls.
0: I think to your point though, and and you're kind of getting to it there in the middle there is this doesn't happen without Belichick. No, I'm so one hundred percent because he's the master of adjustments and he is a master game planner, and if he has two weeks to prepare for an opponent. Like he does every time he's in the Super Bowl. Still hate that it's two oh. weeks. Uh, it's going to be really hard for that opposing team unless they also have a master game planner to compete. And, you know, we've seen the Patriots have lost Super Bowls, right? We've seen it. It's not impossible. But he is one of the greatest at that. And the, and the combination of the two of them is pretty impressive. And, yeah, the, some of the stats I've seen this week about Brady, Brady's had, like, more playoff losses than half the teams in the NFL have had playoff games. He by himself. Yeah. So it's... It's pretty remarkable and there, that's and I guess that's my whole point there was it's, it's remarkable let's remark it about it.
1: I know we had to break, but there was a seven minute montage that NFL films came up with with all of Brady's playoff touchdowns. Seven minutes of playoff touchdowns just him throwing to someone or sneaking in for a touchdown there was that lets you know how how great uh, he and Belichick have been over damn near a decade or two decades. Thanks for getting that humble brag in. Not a problem Coming but up that's... next. I'm trying to let's let's keep
0: going with the Pats here. There's a couple of ways we can go. and We'll think about it in the break here. But uh, there's also lots of stuff we got to talk about the Rams as well. I'm very curious about Todd Gurley. Can Jared Goff is he good enough to outduel Tom Brady? So that's coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. But we'll wrap up a little Patriots talk here. Coming up next year on Football Sunday. In the Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.51 here on The Fan. Actually, we were just having a really interesting conversation that I want to bring up on the air quickly. And it it is tied to the Patriots, so we're we're not getting off topic here. But we were talking about the guys who were elected into the Hall of Fame this week. A lot of great names. A lot of names that I actually had forgotten about, too. But one of them was uh, Tony Gonzalez, tight end. And Rashad says, without a doubt, best tight end of all time. And I agree with him. I think Tony Gonzalez is – is I, I don't even think it's that close. I think he's the best tight end of all time. But I heard Dirt and Sprague talking about this this week, and I've, I've seen this conversation floated about on the general sports sphere – And that is, is Rob Gronkowski encroaching best tight end of all time status? And it's tough for me because it's so easy as human beings to watch sports, to think the guy you're watching is the best of all time, or one of the greatest of all time, because you're watching him right now. We do this all the time. This is the best team I've ever seen. It's the worst call I've ever seen. Can't believe that happened. In the moment, it feels that way, of course, but that's not necessarily the case. I think Gronk has an argument. I think Rob Gronkowski has been a guy who has honestly changed the position of tight end. He's so big. He plays both as a, as a wide receiver and from the tight end spot. He's a good blocker. He's an instant red zone touchdown guy. And I think he's he's revolutionized the game for the tight end position. But I'm not sure that he's the best of all time because of his injury issues the fact that he's never on the field for half the season so that's why i lean towards tony gonzalez i think you got to consider antonio gates as well he's had a very long good career in san diego i know the last few years he's slowed down a lot because he's ancient in nfl years um but he was great as well i just i'm not sure if gronk has really gotten to the number one spot in my mind and if he retires this year i'm not sure he ever will
1: um like uh, it's it's hard to really argue against um, against Tony Gonzalez because you know I think he's fourth all time in touchdown receptions or something like that and he's he's really high on the list for catches like he has receiver type stats you know so like all time great receiver like I'm talking you know near T O and Larry Fitzgerald you know type numbers as far as catching the the football so uh, I think in that respect man Tony and Tony Gonzalez was a was just a, a machine. You know, he just went year after year after year, and he was lucky enough to really never be hurt like that and never really miss significant time in his career. And I think that's why uh, you would kind of give him that that title. Rob Gronkowski is so special, though. Like, here's a dude, I just saw a metric on the screen as, as we're in here watching the TV, and uh, he's played the entire season with a bulging disc in his back and with a strained Achilles, and he still made some of the most impressive plays. That you could have ever seen in that AFC Championship game, like in his, he's been with the Patriots now. This is nine seasons, and I believe he has like seventy-eight touchdowns. You know, seventy-nine touchdowns somewhere around there. That means he's he's catching at least what like eight touchdowns a a, a year. You know, somewhere maybe maybe a little. Tony more. Gonzalez,
0: one hundred and eleven touchdowns.
1: That's 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 for impressive. Reference. You know, and I'm, I'm I don't have the list in front of me as far as uh touchdown leader or touchdown reception leaders. Tony kind of Gonzalez.
0: I'm not looking at a list. I'm just looking at his stats. Holds NFL records for career receiving yards, 15,127. Receptions, 1325.
1: And TDs for tight end. This is from last year. Yeah. So, uh, but you look at what Gronk can do and the fact that he's he doesn't have to catch the ball to be really impactful. He is a phenomenal blocker. He's a great run blocker. He's a great pass blocker. But then once you get him in open space, you don't have a choice but to double him. Like with Tony Gonzalez, like he wasn't a speedster like that. So doubling him wasn't really a... Man, Grant can run for as big as he is and as strong as he is and he plays with the a, a leg brace on his arm because his arms are ginormous and he still has such a, t- a soft touch when catching the ball like honestly i, I use this phrase a lot man he's a created player like i mean if you were looking at if you were doing all of his numbers he'd be 99 at almost everything except for maybe tackling and covering uh, on defense
0: so <laughs> yes kenny and drake play everybody that's what he's talking about I'm just looking at a couple of lists online. You know, best tight ends of all time. Uh, Tony Gonzalez is number one on most of them. Shannon Sharp at the top. Shannon Sharp of is a lot awesome. We
1: forget about Shannon Sharp because he's he's such a great television personality now that you forget that he was a bad dude, man. We well, played for I mean, Denver and we John played for Elway Baltimore. Took a lot of
0: headlines from
1: him. Absolutely, man. Like, but Shannon Sharp, he was my favorite player as a as a kid for a little bit, man. That number eighty four was amazing so we're getting somebody that says kellen winslow senior yes yep he was a beast i have a name for you mike ditka mike ditka yeah, the great mike you know we think we think of mike ditka and i think a lot of people think defense because of the bears and because coach. of that you yeah. think of coach ditka and the sweater vest and you don't know that man he was a great nfl tight end for a long time so there's there's been a lot of guys that have been able to come into the league and have a, a lot of great uh impact at the at the jason Witten. There's a guy that, man, we almost never talk about as far as being the best tight end. Man, he was
0: consistent for years. And years he was, years. And,
1: and he just, and really, he was able to work through Romo's injuries and guys like Quincy Carter coming in and playing for you and guys like, like Dak Prescott. Yeah. And, you know, and guys like Drew Bledsoe, who had a brief stint as the Cowboys quarterback, you know, and he played through all those guys and has just put up crazy numbers. And he's one of those guys that shouldn't have went to TV.
0: Colin seniors Sr. is a good one. Um, you mentioned Ben Coates, yeah. Former Patriots
1: tight end. He was really good. Yeah. Ozzie Newsome was really good. You know, uh, and we we forget we forget about him. I kind of told uh, Lynch in the break. Man, does anybody remember Jeremy Shockey? And for like five to seven years, man, Shockey was fresh. Man, he was he was intense. And that first Super Bowl, like I don't, I think he played in that first one for the Giants. But no, I think he was hurt. No, he was hurt. No, he was hurt, no, he was hurt in that yeah. first one for the Giants. But uh, he was a big reason that they uh, got to where they were. He was really Gronk before there was Gronk. You know, so there's. There are some guys, and he's a Miami guy, so I'm always gonna have some love for for Jeremy Shockey. Well,
0: there you go. Text in your thoughts five five three
1: zero five. Better you today text line. Greg Olson.
0: Yeah. No, but he's always on that hurt. list. Always well, hurt. I
1: mean, when he's there and when he's able, when he's available for you, man, Greg Olson is as good as anybody else. You know, he's always he's always open. Like it's one of those things. Like he's he's just always like wide open, and there's nothing you can do about him because he's so big.
0: This text says Suke argued for Gronk on primetime. His argument is that he's great as a receiver and a
1: blocker. Was Tony Gonzalez a bad blocker? He just wasn't the he wasn't a great one. He was I mean, he just.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm, I'm asking. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm asking because I'm trying to remember. Is he thought of as a bad blocker? Because I don't remember that being a storyline. I don't think he was thought of as a bad like anything. Jimmy Graham is thought of as a bad blocker. Yes.
1: You know, Jimmy Graham wants to be classified as a receiver, right? You know, at a point. But also no, a very good tight end. I just I just think I don't think it was necessarily that, but I just think that um kansas city didn't really have a lot of weapons as far as receiver you know it was he was really the receiving weapon they went through a few different running backs you know priest holmes and larry johnson and guys like that and they were really impactful players for the chiefs but i don't think i can't really remember another like i think he was the number one so you're going to throw to him a lot so there's really no need to pass block a lot of the time because you're going to be the target they had Priest Holmes and they had a good running game. No, they had a so good I... running game, but I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm honestly trying to think of who some of their other Dwayne Bow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's who they decided to put around him. So I can't really remember any great. And then on top of that, like Trent Green was a really good quarterback, but was nothing really special. So. No, no,
0: no. He was basically Alex Smith. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I don't even know if he was Alex Smith.
0: I mean, just that style. You know. Uh, you know. I think he, was he was good enough. <laughs> he did just fine. He was just fine. That's yeah, exactly what you want to hear of like your quarterback. Trent Dofer. Ah, you're That's fine. He was. Was yeah, this text says Travis Kelsey in the future could be one. I think there's, there's two or three current NFL tight ends. If we're going to exclude Gronk mm-hmm. who have a chance to be up there. I think Zach Ertz is exceptional. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey is exceptional. And we saw a first good season from George Kittle on the Niners. Yeah. So those could be three guys moving forward who could take that mantle if Gronk does retire. But I, uh, I think Ertz and Kelsey are something special.
2: Well, I, if you're going to be adding, you know, blocking into the, the equation, you know, I mean, there there are guys out there who were excellent tight ends like um, um, uh, Jason Witten. Um, obviously, he was more of a blocker, but obv- huge in the passing game. Um, Great safety. Uh, Heath. Um, Heath Miller? Uh, no, I played for, for Pittsburgh t- a couple seasons ago. Heath, uh, Heath Miller. Heath Miller. No, it wasn't Miller. It's um. Are you, are you sure? Yeah. Now I'm 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 doing him disjustice, Not remembering his name right now. Um. But it's the it's the guys like right now. Yes, yeah, it's,
0: it's Heath Miller. Is it
2: Heath Miller? Okay. Yeah. All right. So Heath Miller, um, was huge for Pittsburgh. He never had like, like, fifteen hundred yard receiving, or you know, I think he was more like that eight hundred. Um, yards receiving and, and eight touchdowns, but he was always the guy that you could go to on third down, perfect re, um, possession guy. But he was also um, amazing blocking, and and that's the one thing that that's hard to you know we we obviously get caught in the passing numbers and everything, but these tight ends are are supposed to be blockers first, and that's the one thing that and Gronk is kind of changing that. Though, Gronk is he looked really he, good blocking he, this season, but when he lines up in the slot, you're
0: realizing now that there's so many mismatches that. I think that is the interesting part about this, and we got to break, badly. But it's interesting because Gronk is changing the way the tight end position is looked at. Mm -hmm. Because when Zach Ertz lines up in the slot, right? Yeah, all the time. Travis Kelsey lines up in the slot all the time. They're not even blocking.
2: Well, Jimmy Graham didn't want to be paid like a tight end because he didn't block. He was more of a receiver. So you know, it, it is. It's that point of at what point do these guys, like, should they not be considered tight ends and more? be considered receivers because receivers have to block on the outside too when they're running play. So it's not like they're blocking either. So if you're not ever on the actual line blocking, are you actually a tight end? No.
0: And I also think that most teams now are going the two tight end where they get one who's really good at catching and one who's basically just a blocker only. All right, we got a break. Coming up next hour, let's get into some of the Rams storylines. I want to talk about the Todd Gurley situation and CJ Anderson, also Jared Goff. Hater love it to 1030. That's all coming up here on Football Sunday on the Fan.